0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We have announcements this morning. Lee's going to do that. I wanted to just point out this morning, we uh, lit the Christ candle. That is usually lit for special holidays or uh, festivals, um, of course. And today it's lit uh, because this is the last day. Of the church year, and so you may have noticed that the last few Sundays have been warnings in you know, the the end times. Jesus giving his uh, parables of the uh, uh, kingdom of heaven is like kind of things. We had the the uh, foolish virgins, um, and this uh, appointed gospel today is the crescendo which is the second coming of Christ, Matthew 25, whereupon Jesus comes back and he is separating the goats from the sheep. And um, this is uh, particularly uh, important to me, this particular uh, gospel message, um, to get it straight, because the world uses it, uh, the world of unbelievers, as a... Uh, hammer to hit Christians and to point uh, to them in bad behaviors, and sometimes Christians buy into it. So, I'm hoping that I can put you at ease today um, about what exactly it means and the difference between the sheep and the goats. And then next week starts our Advent season, and so we'll have a, co- a different color change. You'll see that I will be wearing um, either baby blue or purple. I can't remember which one we do. Purple, blue. See, now there are some churches that would actually get in fights. It'd be like the old light beer commercial, taste great, less filling. So it'd be purple, blue, purple, blue, and people would go and start another synod somewhere. We don't do that, Um, but uh, uh, it is a reminder as we uh, wait with great expectation and hope and anticipation of Jesus uh, coming, God using a little baby to save the world. So that's enough uh, from me. Um, Lee, can you help us out and tell us all the news that we should know? Thank you, sir.
1: Good morning. Hope everybody good had a morning. good Thanksgiving weekend. Although it's not quite over, I guess, for uh, many people. But anyway, um, before I forget, there's something I was, I got it verbally uh, during the week that uh, uh, after church, the fellowship today will be simplified, but it will be pumpkin pie with whipped cream if you want it, coffee, water, etc. So uh, Steve and Bev are providing that today. So uh, everybody stick around after the service. Uh, let's see missions this month. This is the last chance to donate to the LCMC, the Lutheran. Uh, let's see if I can read that again. Luther- <laughs> there it is. Okay. For Christ. Thank you. Okay. That's like I said. This is the last uh, Sunday. If you want to donate to that, uh, this would be the time to do it. Uh, the, some of the usual things on Tuesday. We got to sit and be fit, at 10 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Uh, Shortly after that at noon is usually normal Bible study, although we are starting, as he mentioned, the Advent study, which starts on Tuesday the 5th. Uh, Be going through the book of Isaiah. Bring your own lunch for the first meeting on Tuesday, uh, this coming Tuesday, no, excuse me, December 5th, so not this Tuesday. Uh, Gonna try and see about doing it that way uh, as an experiment. Dessert will be provided at that time, though. Uh, Let's see. That's a further enough way. Men's Bible study, of course, on Saturday. Uh, it's time for poinsettias for the uh, decorations. Uh, you can help decorate the sanctuary, sanctuary uh, with poinsettias. There is a sign up sheet in the back if you wish to help with that. Um, it's the end of November now, but I will mention the, uh, all the birthday people again. Jackie Zugatis. Uh, Bob Fry. Bob turned 27, I believe, this time. So he should get a break on his insurance rates now. Gail Yabuki was on the 13th. Uh, Diane was on the 15th. Diane's in. Ken Yabuki was on November 20th. Uh, Me? Okay, I had a birthday yesterday. Uh, we had a good day. Sharon took me down to Carlsbad, so we had a, a late breakfast at the Daily News Cafe. If you've never been there, it's kind of a... It's been there a long time. It's an institution. Um, Jeff and Teresa Fred- Fredrickson are coming on the 28th, and David Whitney will be 14. Oh, my... Oh my God. Little David, 18, huh? Congratulations and condolences now, now all that uh, you get away with stuff while you're a minor is gone, so be careful now. Um, let's see, and uh, wedding anniversary with Robert, Roger and Debbie back on November 13th, so uh, I think that's everything. Is there anything that needs to be mentioned for the next week or so? If not, then I'll get out of here and let's get on with the, uh, the program. Thank you. Have a good week.
0: cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. you. Let us pray. Eternal God, merciful Father, you have appointed your Son as judge of the living and the dead. Enable us to wait for the day of his return with our eyes fixed on the kingdom prepared for your own from the foundation of the world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
2: morning. Our first reading will be taken from the book of Ezekiel. It will be chapter 34, verses 11 through 16, and again, continuing on, also verses 20 through 24. You can find this in the Pew Bible if you'd like to follow along on 1341. 1341 in the Pew Bible. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them So will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flocks with justice. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you shoved it with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be the prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Please turn to uh, help me on page six in the bulletin where we will read jointly Psalm 95. And we'll be reading the verses one through seven responsibly there, Psalm 95, one through seven. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. His hands the depths of the earth, mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands form the dry land. Um, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. We'll next be reading from the book, first book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 20 through 28. And if you're following along in the Pew Bible, it'll be on page 1790, 1790 in the Pew Bible. First Corinthians 15, 20 through 28. But Christ, has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him, who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: gospel according to St. Matthew from the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, and can be found on page 1542 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats." He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous They will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment in the name of Jesus. So I have a a story for you. Do you all have some time? I know you do. There was a man that was walking on the beach, and he found a magic lamp. And when he rubbed the lamp, a genie appeared and told him that he would be granted just one wish. Apparently, tough times call for cutbacks, and it would seem that the granting wishes business is no different and has had to make some cuts in their own product line. Be that as it may, the man was given just one wish. No, he didn't ask for unlimited wishes. Without hesitation, the man asked for a copy of the newspaper with the stock market report that would be published exactly one year from that day. And suddenly, the paper was in his hands, and the genie disappeared with prideful, greedy eyes. The man scanned the columns of the paper and identified stocks in which he could invest and make hundreds of millions of dollars. Pleased with himself and his clever plan, he turned the page of that paper only to find his own obituary. Now, this isn't a true story, of course. But it does serve the purpose. As we consider this morning's gospel reading from Matthew 25, the passage is about Jesus coming in judgment. That is, the time when he will separate the sheep from the goats. Believers unbelievers. And Scripture says elsewhere that Jesus will come like a thief in the night. And in other words, the day and the hour are unknown. And consequently, we are warned that today is the appointed day. Today is the day of salvation. Now when the time comes, Jesus will descend from heaven with the shout of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. Delight, delight will fill the hearts of the faithful while others will be racked in fear. Now the ancients depicted Jesus' return in iconic images. There's one called The Ruler of All. And you'll find that image on our Reformation Lutheran Church Facebook page. I put it there this morning. It's a picture of a mosaic. And it has our Lord's expression on His face. It's grave. And it's also full of sweetness. Of a compassionate Lord who's come to take on himself the sins of the world. I invite you to look at our Facebook page, not right now, but later. In that mosaic, you'll see that Christ is clothed in, in dark blue, but his tunic is Represented as having this it's being a glorious, glorious vestment of gold. And the right hand is is folded like this in a gesture of a benediction, and it inclines toward the gospel of which he has in his other hand, the gospel which Christ offers to his faithful. The Bible in his hand is open at the passage from the Gospel of Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, where it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In Matthew 25, 32, 33, we read, Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And having separated the sheep from the goats, Jesus then recounts all of the good by the sheep and all of the evil done by the goats. And as he says, the sheep fed the hungry that they gave a drink to the thirsty and that they clothed the naked. Conversely, the goats did none of the same. And consequently, he says to them, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, while it is clear that there is a definite separation between the sheep and the goats that is the holy and the unholy sin sin causes the sheep to sometimes fear that they are bad sheep sorry That they're bad sheep. And the goats hear this, and sometimes the goats assume that they are good goats. In other words, the sheep recognize all of the bad things that they've done in life, and they sometimes fear that those things will be brought up on that day of judgment. You ever thought that? I hope that doesn't get brought up. The goats, on the other hand, on the left, they assume that every act of theirs with a seeming sense of virtue will be counted to their credit on the day of judgment. In reality, if we take a look closely at the text in Matthew 25, you'll find this. You'll find that Jesus commends the sheep. That is, he has nothing but good to say about them. Nothing but good to say about the sheep. He doesn't have anything contrary. Now, on the other hand, the left hand, he condemns the goats. Having nothing good to say about them or to them. Now, somewhere, somewhere in our DNA, somewhere in our flesh, we have imprinted there the notion that God will judge the world on the last day with some sort of two-column ledger system. You know, the good and the bad, right? And Deep within our psyche is the notion that as long as the good column is longer than the bad, well, it will be okay. And consequently, it's sort of a natural state for us to think in terms of bad goats and good sheep. Our perception, however, could not be farther from the truth. Again... Scripture tells us exactly what the day of judgment will be like. Jesus, the ruler of all, will separate the sheep from the goats solely on the basis of faith. Goats are goats because they in life denied the grace and mercy of God in Christ. And consequently, they will stand before God naked, as it were, in the unfettered corruption of their flesh. Even every supposed good thing they had done in life is counted as sin against them because they were so proud as to assume that they could impress God. And while they hoped that there would be that two-sided ledger of good and bad, there was only bad for the goat. Everything is known about their life from God from whom no secrets are hid. Everything in their life is wrong. They had trusted in themselves, and they are found most decidedly in want. Conversely, on the other hand, sheep are sheep. Sheep are sheep by virtue of their trust in their dependence on Christ, who throughout life called them by name and spoke to them through his word. They are sheep. You are sheep because you hear him say, I have called you by name. You are mine. They are sheep because they hear him say, I have loved you unto death, even death on the cross. They are sheep because they hear him say, Take and drink. This is my blood that's shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. They are sheep because there are few words more meaningful to them than God's word of absolution. I forgive you all of your sins. They are sheep because they have been washed in the blood of God's precious lamb. So when the sheep, when you, when I, stand before God on the day of judgment, he will commend you for the good done throughout your life because he fills your life with good things. Your life, in other words, is sanctified, made holy through the faith that you have in Christ. Whether you are feeding the hungry, or working a job and providing for your family, or loving your spouse and your children, or simply being a friend to someone else, he says, well done. It's all good because it's done through faith in Jesus Christ. Now I can hear you say, but pastor, what about my sins? I mean your sins and my sins. What about all of those times when I didn't feed the hungry? When I did not extend a hand of compassion to someone who needed it? What about those times, I'm ashamed to say, when I was angry with God or when I failed to thank him for all of his goodness to me? What about those times when I took his grace for granted or when I confessed my sin and then committed the same sin yet again. Maybe before my bumper cleared the driveway on the way out of church. Well, I got another story to tell you. We are running out of time, but I'll I'll be brief. There is an old legend about a man named Martin of Tours, St. Martin, it was around 361. And as it turns out, that Martin Luther was actually named after him. And as the legend goes, Martin was at home one day, Martin of Tours. And there came a knock at the door. And he answered it, and there was a man standing there who claimed to be Jesus at his door. And Martin suspected that the man actually might be evil, the angel of darkness who had come to tempt him. So Martin decided that he would put the man to test. So he asked him, what sin is it that most often grips me that I have to confess to you over and over again? What sin is that? Well, without hesitation, the man at the door said, I don't remember. I I don't remember. At which time, Martin welcomed his Lord into his home. And on the day of judgment, Hear this now. Jesus will not remember your sins. This whole side of the supposed ledger will have been washed away in the crimson flow of his blood. But more than that, you will be astonished by all of the good that he brought forth from your life. All of the good from your life. There's a song in our green hymnal I'm going to read the words of comfort. If you read the hymns, they're like little mini sermons, little proclamations. Listen to this now. See the Lamb so long expected comes with pardon down from heaven. Let us haste, with tears of sorrow, one and all to be forgiven. So when next he comes in glory and the world is wrapped in fear, he will shield us with his mercy and with words of love draw near. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. In the name of Jesus, amen. stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray for all of God's people of the church in accordance to their needs. Lord God, you gather your people from all nations and you bring them into your one holy Christian and apostolic flock. Strengthen them by your grace that they may gladly feast upon your riches in your means of grace and declare your praises to all who will hear, Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, you judge between your sheep and you shepherd your people with your holy word. Encourage your pastors through their faithful service to continue to seek the lost, to bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured, and to strengthen the weak. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, you have Subjected all things under your Son, who gladly subjects himself to you. Bless the homes of your people, that parents may train and catechize their children with wisdom and love, and that children may gladly submit and honor their father and mother. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord of lords. You sustain every rule, authority, and power as you see fit until this world's power should pass away. Bless all in civil authority that they would not provoke your wrath but maintain order and justice for the peace of your people. Lord, in your mercy, Father in heaven, We look forward to a new heaven and a new earth, a home of righteousness, while now we contend with a multitude of afflictions under the curse of sin. Remember those in need of help and healing, those who we name out loud right now or silently in our hearts. Preserve them. Deliver them from their transgressions, and hold not your peace at their tears. Lord, in your mercy, God of grace, as death came by a man, so by your Son has come the resurrection of the dead. Endow your people with penitent hearts at your table that they would receive in your risen son's body and blood a foretaste of the eternal feast to come lord in your mercy god of life christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep we give thanks to you for those who have you have gathered into your kingdom and who are asleep in him. Strengthen our conviction that death is defeated as we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, you have prepared your kingdom for us from the foundation of the world. Preserve us in faith and love throughout our days, that we may care for your servants and our neighbors with compassion and joy, looking toward that day when the Son of Man comes in his glory, through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Amen. You may be seated. The sheep and the goats. Just like a a rancher knows the difference between a sheep and a goat, and I'm sure all of you know the difference between a sheep and a goat, Jesus knows who is a believer and who is not. You are all sheep. You are all have been given grace. Through faith, through the word, the word that became incarnate, what he has done for you. And you will hear on that final day, well done, good and faithful servant. This is but a foretaste of the feast to come, the blood of the lamb, the body broken, the blood shed for those who believe. It commutes his grace, his forgiveness of sins. It rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. It's a gift to you, and it's ready. Come, the table is prepared. The usher will bring you forward. Now the benediction, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Our closing hymn is one that you've sung before. It was my father's favorite, and it is Lift High the Cross on page 377. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.